The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You've taken yeah. the time to get that extra education. Like, how do we maximize that to then improve your financial situation? Right. Yeah. Actually make the loans a little bit worth it then. Yeah. Then you're saying like, this is the return on this investment. Hello, and welcome to Planantial's podcast, Future Rich. My name is Barbara Ginty, and I'm your host. And I'm also a CFP, which is a certified financial planner. And I'm here with my guest today, Cameron. Hi, Cameron. Hi. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, thank you. So do you want to give us some details, how old you are, where you live, what you do, how much you make? Sure. Yeah, so I am 26, um, and I just moved recently to the kind of Denver metro area. And my job is, oh, I don't know how to... At the base level, I'm an engineer, um, but I specifically work with buildings now. So, um, and my salary for that is seventy eight thousand, yeah, a year. And what else? I have a partner, but we kind of split expenses evenly. Okay, perfect. So everything's like fifty fifty. Yes. Very nice. So, not that this is important. So, is that more like civil engineering? No, No. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I am a mechanical engineer from school um, and Uh, I'm kind of transitioning into, it's still mechanical engineering. It's so broad that so many things can fall into it, but yeah, I'm trying to move into something more energy efficiency, kind of save the world type of engineering. So very nice. Okay. I should know the difference between mechanical and civil. My aunt's civil. My grandfather was mechanical. (laughs) I should know the difference. It's okay. My dad doesn't know the difference either. (laughs) Very nice. And so let's go through some of your numbers. How long have you been in Denver? You just just moved there. I moved – so I moved last summer, but I've only had the job since December. Oh, okay. Nice. Well, recent enough to have the numbers though. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Finally getting back on track. Okay. All right. So do you want to kind of walk me through – um, do you own rent? And you want to kind of talk me through everything? Yeah, I rent, um, and that's eight thirty-five for my portion. Okay. And then, do you want me to just run down the whole list? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> okay. So then, utilities is one twenty-eight. I have renters insurance, which is six. Music to my ears. <laughs> um, I have a car payment, and that's two fifty. And then car insurance is 144 for gas. It's kind of weird, especially now, but I'd oh, say yeah. it's right about 
expensive. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, I can work home from home sometimes. So it's about $80 a month, I would say. Okay. And then I work when I go into the office, it's downtown. So I have to pay for parking, which I allot about $30 for. And then $30 for my phone. And then I have many student loans, but right now I only have one that I have to be paying on right now, and that's 326 Okay. Mm-hmm. And then what is the payment and the, what's the balance on the ones once they pick back up? Well, so before I started listening to your podcast, <laughs> I didn't know about clicking the little box that says, don't move the date up. So I don't actually know how much the payments are anymore because the dates are so moved far oh. out. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm God, not sure. they're so terrible. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's a little bit of a safety net that I don't have to pay them right away. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I so I have some leeway with that. I kind of put a little bit in each and then I want to pour a lot of money into, uh, you know, the one of my priority ones. Okay, so so do you know how much you have in total with the ones that you're not paying on right now? Because there's no interest accruing on those. Right. Those are your, your government ones. Okay. Yeah. So in total... Let's see. I know the total with the one that I'm paying on is, you're talking about the whole loan amount? Yep, exactly. Yeah, the balance um, on that. Yeah, 88500 And that's the one you're paying on? No, sorry. That's all of them all together. The one that that's- I'm paying on is 33000 Okay, so- perfect. And you're paying... 126 or 326? 326. Okay, just want to make sure I have it right. Okay, so yeah. the, and that one is 33,000. Mm-hmm. And then, but in total, you have, so you have basically 50,500 that's, you know, not, you don't have to pay on at the moment because you have 88,000 right. as a yeah. total between all loans. And then, so the 50,500 are the government ones. So we have that nice pause on those guys. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm also in school, so I have a bit of a deferment as well. Oh, you are in school. Okay. Are you, but not in school full time, or are you doing? It's part time um, okay. and online. Okay. Part time. Okay. What are you going to school for? More of what I am trying to work towards. So it's called sustainable systems engineering. Nice. Um, okay. Very vague once again, but <laughs> it's just a lot of really cool green energy and that sort of stuff. Okay. So sustainable engineering. And then are you taking out loans for that or how is that, or are some of these loans from that? Some of those loans are from that. So 41,000 is from the grad school. And I don't plan on taking out any more loans since I'm taking only a few classes left now. I'm just going to go on a payment plan and take care of those when they come. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Okay. So then the 88... Thousand five hundred. The total value of all the loans is for undergrad and grad, and the rest of grad. Since you have a couple classes left, you're going to just pay out of pocket on yeah. a payment plan. Okay, perfect. All right. So student loans through twenty six. And now, is there anything else with the expenses? So we have. I don't think we've heard heard food yet. <laughs> That's important. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, I spend about three hundred. I would say on groceries. Okay. And then I just have like a small payment plan thing left over that will hopefully actually I know it'll end in September and that's 150. Okay. And what's that for? Um I got laser hair removal, so 
Oh, yeah. Okay. So just like a personal item. Okay. And you're paying that till September. Yep. Perfect. Okay. All right. And then, okay. So now what, so with 78,000, it's your gross salary that you make. Mm -hmm. um, Do you have a 401k with work? Yes, I do. Perfect. And are you contributing to that? Yeah. So I've maxed out the contribution. So I put in 12% and they give me three which is kind of a bummer because it's not as good as my old one, but it's something. Hey, you know, it's always better than nothing is what I yeah. say. Um, it, but it is hard when you start with a company where they have a better match and then you move to a company that doesn't have quite as much. Yeah. Okay. So you're putting in 12% to get their 12% of your mm-hmm. salary, which is um, approximate $9,360. And then that way you get their 3%. Is their 3%, 3% of your 12 or 3% of 78,000? Do you know? That is a good question. I think it's just of the 78,000, I think of. Okay. Yeah. It's good to look because they, I feel like they always make the 401k matches really confusing. Yes. Um, <laughs> right. Um, and so I have spoken for companies about employee benefits and I've asked that question to HR and they're like, well, it's 3%. I'm like, it's 3% of what? And they're like, it's 3%. And I'm like, right, that doesn't answer the question. Some people usually don't know. Yeah. Because like 3% of 78000 would be $2,340, which is really nice. But if they're only matching 3% of your, you know, your $9,000 yeah. contribution, it's a lot less. So it just mm. depends which one. You can kind of see when you look on your statement how much money they're putting in. Yeah. I want to say it's of the total because I can't remember exactly how much it is now, but it wasn't a minuscule amount. So. Yes, it wasn't $300. So then it's probably the 2000 yeah, amount. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Okay, perfect. So we're putting in. So then what are you and what are you bringing home from your net checks? Like what do you get deposited in your bank account? Yeah. Um so each paycheck, which is bi-weekly is 1855. The way I kind of budgeted it is, you know, I just get two of those even though it's bi-weekly. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's how you break it out, but so yeah, thirty-seven ten is kind of what I expect for the month. Okay, so it's every two weeks, so you're getting it not the first and the fifteenth. So you're getting twenty-six paychecks a year, right? Perfect. Um, yeah, I always try and budget it. I think at least my take on it is that I try and budget for a monthly number. And I think the reason that I started this way, and everyone does their stuff differently, is I started my first job being paid monthly. And so Mm -hmm. I learned my budgeting skills on a monthly, because if you're wrong on monthly, it really sucks. Like you get one paycheck. So if you aren't good at your budget, like you're waiting a long time for your (laughs) next paycheck. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So you're budgeting it more as a monthly number. Mm -hmm. Perfect. I like that. Cause then you can say like, okay, these are my extra paychecks. What am I going to do with them? Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Okay. So we are working with 3710. Mm-hmm. Okay, perfect. And do you want to walk me through kind of where you are? So we, is there any other debt besides the student loans? I oh, I also have a car loan. So oh yeah, I, the car payment, but you're making yeah. that payment yeah. monthly. And is that a pretty good interest rate or? It's 4.7. Okay. I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> Not terrible. We could, but I would say in the middle, it's, it's all relative to interest rates, right? So like yeah. some, some people got lower ones, but you know, interest rates are going up. So mm-hmm. yeah, I had really bad interest rates on some of my student loans, the personal ones that I took out because I 
did not realize how that worked. Um, So anything better than that? Yeah. What are the interest rates on your student loans? Well, so I refinanced those because I I met with somebody and the first thing they said was you got to refinance those because it was like nine and 11% or something. Oh my God. That's that's compounding of interest working against you. Yeah. Yeah. If you can make a a nine and 11% in the market, it's fantastic, but you never want to have it. (laughs) You don't want to be paying nine and 11% on debt. It means it's like growing so significantly, especially with how they calculate interest on student loans. Yeah. So thankfully those are gone. Good. Thank God. It, that's where people are like, I don't understand what's going wrong. I make a <laughs> monthly payment every month and like they're growing. It's like, yeah, the interest rate's insane on those things. Yeah. I've seen that happen to people. As you know, because you've listened to the podcast, I really find that the student loan environment can be super predatory and yeah. they don't take the time to sit you down and explain how it works. And they, I, you know, in my opinion, they take advantage, especially with those in those are interest rates that you received when the interest rate for a you know putting your money in a bank was they're paying you nothing, like literally maybe 80 cents over the course of a year, like less than 1%. And yet they're charging 11% if you want to go to school. It's insane. Yeah. But that's yeah, my personal lessons that's learned. My, Yeah, that's my personal opinion. Well, the good thing is you learn the lesson at a you know an early age. It's like a sucky way to learn the lesson, but now you you know you know to always be wary of interest rates. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we only want to see 9 and 11% when we're looking at your returns for investments. We never want to see those when you're borrowing from somebody. Yeah. Okay, perfect. So everything's refinanced, so you have better interest rates on the student loans. And then where are you, um, so the car loans, student loans, and then where are we with the savings, like emergency fund, the 401k? Yeah, so just in liquid savings, I have 1,100. Okay. So not a whole lot. Mostly because I pour anything extra into the loans because I'm kind of obsessed with getting rid of them. (laughs) (laughs) And then as far as retirement, at my last job, I have about 35000 that I haven't moved anywhere yet. Okay. Um, And then for my new job here, I have 3500 Perfect. Okay, good. Well, but you've gotten a start on this. So that's great. All right. The good thing is your housing is, is relatively low. Yeah. Compared to what you're bringing in, which gives us a lot of room to kind of make that progress on the student loans, which is your priority, which is great. Um, It would be much harder if you were spending, you know, like that first paycheck. Yeah. uh, Right on um, your housing. So everything seems, your budget seems pretty reasonable. Okay. So it looks like, and you can tell me if this feels right. Before your student loans, you're about 1800 Okay. Yeah, after after that, after that, I'm not, and I'm not including that one payment plan that you're on, but like okay. you get rent, utilities, renters, insurance, car payment, insurance, gas, parking, phone, and food, mm-hmm. like all the basic stuff that you're at 1800. Yeah. That sounds about right. You sound right. And then with your other 1800, then we have, if we were, if we're like segmenting it, we have mm-hmm. the student loan payment of 326 and then the 150 with, but that payment plan will be gone eventually. Yep. So does it feel accurate to say then with that 326 minus 150, we have like nothing in here for fun. So (laughs) yeah, I do have a separate category. Okay. Grouping for all that. Okay. Cause it, after everything, then at the end of the month, you have 1324 left over, but we haven't like 
with the budget we just went through, that's like, if you literally never leave your house, (laughs) you know, like you just go to work, you go to school and you only eat your groceries and you never ever do anything else. Yeah. I wish I could live that lifestyle even for a little bit, but I can't. (laughs) can't. Yeah. You would be a hermit. (laughs) So like, that's not even like renting a movie. So, okay. So out of the the leftover, the 1300 after we do everything where like, what do you really have left over? So I have some other categories that are more flexible, like some Mm -hmm. annual memberships, restaurants, fun, and all my kind of monthly subscriptions. I would say it's about $600 for all those things. Perfect. A month. Yes. Okay, good. I was hoping you weren't going to be like, it's (laughs) (laughs) $1,400. No, no. Um, Okay, perfect. So then we, so you still have money left over each month. Okay. So that means we have like, we'll just like throw away the 24, not throw it away, but you I like, I like round numbers. Yeah. So if, if we have 700, even if we say like there's a rounding error, we have 600 a month after all the expenses that we've talked about um, and paying that one student loan. Mm-hmm. What are you, I like to see a little bit more in the emergency fund, but I understand that your expenses are low, you have good income and you hate these student loans. So I think that, you know, everybody has different motivation yeah. I would oh, think- I did forget to mention okay. I do have a Robin Hood account. Oh, so okay. What's in that? That's about $6,000. Oh, um, there we go. Yeah. So in an emergency, I, I do have that, but I pretend that it's not there most of the time. <laughs> it's good to pretend it's not there. Also, it's. I think you've probably heard me say it. Unfortunately, usually when uh, emergencies happen is like when the market's down. Not yeah. always, but like- <laughs> That's why it's like I always get a little nervous if it's invested in the market because it's like when terrible things happen, it's like, oh, the market's down. But I'm glad that you have it. And I understand the motivation to get rid of the loans because they're so predatory. So what have you been doing with the excess at the moment? Have you been tackling at the student loans that are on pause or? Yeah, so definitely tackling the one that's that are on pause. There's one that is my highest interest rate. That's 6.8. Percent. Okay. So yeah, I've been making that one my priority because it started out as eighteen thousand, and I have it down to five. That's um, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, lots of. I lived at home for the first year after college, and every tax return, any large sum of money that comes my way, kind of goes towards the loans. So hopefully, one day I can make larger goals and plans. <laughs> Hello lovelies, Barbara here. I wanted to let you know our coaching program is finally ready and will be out on June 22nd. It'll be our first day. You can sign up for our program at www.futurerichpodcast and click on coaching. This is a perfect program for anyone who is interested in getting into financial services for a career, whether that's as a financial advisor or as a financial coach. So be sure to check out www.futurerichpodcast and click on coaching. Well, I was just going to ask if you thought you were going to get a tax return. Yeah, I already did. You did? Okay. I wasn't sure. Okay. So I like the idea of taking your loan. So we have your total, but I like the idea of putting all of your excess money Mm -hmm. at the ones that are paused currently since we just got that nice extension again. Yeah. And I like the idea if it works for you and feels good for you at going after one at a time. I like yeah. obviously the highest interest makes the most sense because you save the most in in the interest and the fact that it's paused now you can just like 
tackle that. So if you're able to put 600 a month on that, you're going to make a lot of progress, especially if when you get your extra paychecks, if you can put a lot of your extra paychecks towards that. Yeah. You could have, you could have that done pretty quick. Yeah, that would be, that would be cool. I definitely, yeah, that's definitely my priority just because it seems hard to think about other things with those things looming over my head. Like looming over your head. And what about, what's the next one after the 5,000? The next one that I want to tackle or just interest? Yeah. Or interest. Tell me both. Which one you want to tackle and which one is the next highest interest rate? I would say I am looking to kind of hit all my undergrad ones first um, and then move to the grad. So the next one would be $4,000 at 4.45%. But that's another, you know, not to say they're small amounts because it's, you know, putting a lot of money towards them, but that one... you can get done in also less than a year too. Pretty quickly. Yeah. You can get pretty quickly. Yeah. I think that's a good one to tackle next because with $600 a month, and then if you, in the course of a year, you have those two extra paychecks, Mm -hmm. right? That are 1800. If you throw those towards them. Yeah. You'll be able to start slicing away at this. Yeah. Does it feel, does it feel like it's never going to end though? Yeah. Um, those, that one and then the next one that I plan on tackling, those ones are manageable because they're, you know, all under 10000 okay. But yeah. the personal one that I refinance, that's 33000 And the grad school ones, those ones are a little more intimidating. <laughs> so how does it work? Yeah, those are definitely – those are huge numbers. And if you yeah. think about it – so you basically have in student loans a bit less than what you're making gross. But the thing is what you're making is not what you're getting. You're not getting 78000 a year, right? Because right? yeah. we're, we're paying taxes. You're paying Medicare. You're paying Social Security. There's a bunch of stuff that comes out. And then you're also doing your 401k, which I think is great that you're putting so much towards the 401k because it's going to take longer to pay off the loans. I don't think you should sacrifice your retirement just to be done with loans because it's going to take more than a couple years to get them done with. Yeah. But with this grad school, when you get the sustainable engineering, do you think there's a way you could negotiate a raise or will you be able to get more income with that Mm. education? That's a good question. It's possible. I feel like I'm too new to be totally sure. The the degree program sort of helped me transition to this new job in general, just the fact that I was in it. So it's possible, but I'm not totally sure. So here's what I like to see people do. And as you have listened to the podcast, you know that Natasha hates this. (laughs) So with the student loans, it's a fixed number, right? They're not, Mm -hmm. there's no magic wand. Like we can be strategic with how we pay them off. But But what would help you is because now that you have this higher education, you have this degree that's more applicable to the job that you have, you could go in and say, I finished my degree and now I want to ask for a pay raise. They can absolutely say no, right? Yeah. They can always say no. But if you don't ask, you have no idea what their answer is. Yeah, that's true. And you could go in and say, I've done this master's program in sustainable engineering. This is what I'm bringing to the table because of this degree, because now you have this skill set, right? And this education that you didn't have. And I don't think there's anything wrong with asking for a raise. Yeah, I agree. That sounds... And then if, if you do the money that you get, there's extra money that you can then use to, let's say you ask for a $10,000 raise. I mean, I would look to see what you, there's research you can do. I always think data is great rather than being like, 
I'm asking for a raise because I have debt. Like no employer, <laughs> no employer wants to hear that. That's like, yeah. that's a you problem. That's not a me problem. But if you say with my degree in sustainable engineering, here's how I can improve the business. These are the skills I'm bringing towards, you know, bringing to the company. Here's the value they get in the marketplace. You have to be, and it has to be database, I think, can't be yeah. emotional. And I think it needs to be um, coming from a place of how you're going to help the company and your employer and the value you're giving them and what value you bring, the exchange you get for that from them is a pay, is pay, right? Right. So it has to be that exchange. Um, but I think that putting something together, even leveraging the place you're going to school, saying what does a sustainable engineering degree yield in the marketplace? Like what should I be looking for as a salary? And like, what, how can you help me negotiate a raise on behalf of this degree? Mm-hmm. I think that would make total sense. And like, let's say you got a 10 or $15,000 bump because of it. Once you finish the degree, or even if you got anything, you could use that then to help put towards your loans. Yeah. No, that sounds definitely like a good idea. Yeah. I think there's certainly reasonable people. So I'm, yeah. it doesn't hurt to ask. Yeah. It doesn't hurt to ask. And then you can even say, like, if they say, well, you just got it and like, you know, you're, you haven't, you don't have the work experience yet. So that's okay. Like, what do I need to do to get there? Like, what yeah. give me, tangible things you would like to see me hit? And can we re-review this in six months? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I, I think that people feel like conversations are super uncomfortable. And I, I, I and I get that they are for a lot of people. It's not a natural thing. And you want people to come, you know, it's great if your boss comes to you and be like, oh, you're doing a great job. Like, here's a bonus. Or like, you finish, like, here's the bonus. Or, But sometimes you have to initiate that conversation. Yeah. And you know, it's, it is uncomfortable because you have to like present the data. And then usually I think you have to sit and be quiet and see what they say. It's like more comfortable to keep talking. Yeah. But I think that with like the, the higher education, I think that would be fair to go in and, you know, see what you can do to, you know, if you're within your salary, because there's a lot of talk with like salary bands, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, are you at the top of yours? I don't know. Maybe you're not, maybe you are, but at least have that open and honest dialogue with your employer and say, here's what I'm bringing to the table. Yeah. Negotiate a bit. Yeah. I'll definitely do that when the time comes. Yeah. Nervously, but I'll do it. Nervously. Well, the thing is it always gets easier to have those conversations. The more you advocate for yourself, right? Like the first time is going to be the most nerve wracking, but then let's say they say, you know, we're not in a position to give you raise. Like we don't, this is what we pay, whatever it is. And you say, okay, well, I'd like to, sit down again in six months or nine months. And, and I want to make sure I'm hitting all the goals that you've set for me. Can they be outlined and tangible, whatever it is, it'll be much easier the next time. Yeah. So it only gets easier because I think what you're, I think everything you're doing right now is great. I like the idea of putting the extra money towards the student loans. The Robin hood makes me a bit nervous. (laughs) You're okay with it. Well, (laughs) the main reason I'm okay with it is because the reason there's so much in there is because one of my stocks split. Oh. And then it went up to the original price that I bought it for. So, you know, it's like- Did really well. I put in a fifth of it and now it's, you know, just there. So I'm not so scared about it (laughs) because that wasn't my money originally anyways. (laughs) Yes, I think that's fine. And I, and I agree with putting everything towards the student loans. And I think then the next big step is advocating to see now that you have this higher education, is there a way to increase your income and keep your budget the same? Yeah. Yeah. As far as the savings though, I mean, do you think it's better to take some of 
that out of the Robinhood account and keep it more in the kind of emergency fund category? Or I've been slowly putting like $30 in the emergency fund each month, but that's part of, I group that into a different, into a category I already mentioned, but yeah. Okay. Technically it should be in like liquid in case there's a problem, but everything besides your student loans, your expenses are very low. That's nice to hear. (laughs) Right. You know, because like you would still pay rent and utilities, you still have renter's insurance, you'd still have your car payment, but so you could get by for a few months with between the Robinhood and the emergency. Mm-hmm. Like the proper answer I should give you is emergency fund needs to be in essentially a bank account. So it doesn't fluctuate. So if God forbid you lost your job, it's not moving around and that, you know, you can count on, you know, at least three or four months to cover expenses. But then the other aspect of it is it just depends on who you're a person. If you're comfortable with that. And then if God forbid you lost your job, you went and got a waitressing job, covered everything. Mm-hmm. then it's fine. Okay. So I feel like the technical answer should be in cash, but I also <laughs> understand that you wouldn't have ha- you won't you wouldn't have had that amount of money had it not been in the Robinhood account. Yeah. So I would go on a comfort level. You know, like if you yeah. lost your job and it was the pandemic and you couldn't get a waitressing gig, then you'd kind of be <laughs> uh, it would be you would be a little bit hard pressed, but yeah. That, you know, that would be like the perfect storm of events where it wouldn't have gone so well. Okay. Yeah. But I think other than that, I mean, I really like that you're keeping your cost of living low, right? Your expenses are low. I like that you lived at home for a year to tackle the loans. I like that you're putting extra, the extra money towards it. You're really putting a good amount a year towards it, but while still putting a good amount towards your retirement. That's reassuring because I obsessively look at these numbers all the time (laughs) and I don't feel that way most of the time. But yeah, when you're kind of in the weeds of it, I think- yeah, you're looking, yeah, and I'm looking at it from a high level. Yeah. So here's where I really think your opportunity is to try, you're making great money, but I think now that you got the sustainable engineering is to really look to see what is a sustainable engineer with a mechanical engineer undergrad, where is mm-hmm. that salary band, and how can I maximize the education I have to help me get ahead financially? Yeah, makes sense to me. <laughs> you know, I don't, I think it would be hard to lower your, you're spending anymore, right? So then it's like, okay, so how do we, and I think when you have a higher education, you need to maximize that, right? You've taken the time to get that extra education. Like how do we maximize that to then improve your financial situation? Right, yeah. Actually make the loans a little bit worth it then. Yeah, then you're saying like, this is the return on this investment. And that makes sense. And I don't think you say that exactly to the employer. Like I took out these loans because- that was your decision, but what you say to them right. is, "These are all the skills I'm bringing to the table with this education." Yeah, and yeah. these skills are valued at X. I've done my research. I've talked to my school, and I want to talk about, you know, my compensation relative to the value I'm bringing to you. Yeah, no, that all sounds great. <laughs> yeah, and um, I think I don't know if it still lives somewhere on the internet, but I did a webinar with Marcus Garrett. Mm-hmm. from his podcast and we talk about like how to help like improve your earning potential like using what you like your your skill set and I think a lot of it just comes down to um people don't people don't ask and like I went a little full board on asking like I got hired into sales after mm-hmm. I finished my training program and I don't know looking back like I don't I'm 
it like he my manager the manager head of sales semi laughed at me but like not like <laughs> I didn't looking back now I can see he was like trying not to directly laugh at me but I said yeah. a meeting with the head of sales I had literally just gotten hired I said a meeting and I said not joking I will be your best salesperson so I want to talk about my compensation and he was like so we don't pay on like future performance like we pay like after we see their results and I was like okay, so to, like, why don't we outline what the results need to be to get this compensation? And he was like, I think, you know, we should try a sales meeting first. Like I hadn't done anything yet. Oh no. And I was just like, this compensation is not working for me. And he's like, well, you're getting paid because you haven't actually done anything. You were in training for a year. So like, honestly, like I, if I was giving my younger self advice, like I'm glad that I advocated for myself out of the gate. There weren't as many women, right? But like, I should have like maybe, you know, worked a little bit first. Like <laughs> the, the training program, like I did a great job at the training program, but the training program is the training program. Like I hadn't actually brought any revenue to the company. They just spent a lot of money investing in me. Right. But that being said, I found out after the fact from one of the upper managers. So I then did do a good job. I wasn't the top salesperson because that was naive to think that I would go in and be number one for people who had been doing this longer and more experienced. I was underpaid relative to the market. I didn't, you know, I had thought that. Um, so I did go in and negotiate and I, I think I ended up with a pretty substantial pay bump. I mean, I was pretty low, but I think it was like 40% or something. I had wanted them to double wow. my salary, but I did get a pretty substantial bump because every six months I would say like, here's all the things I'm doing. Like, these are the things I'm doing. Here's what I want to be paid. Like, this is what the market is paying. And um, I found out later, because I'm still friends with people I worked with. One of the managers mm -hmm. has three daughters now. And he was like, I really hope, you know, you were smart to go in and advocate for yourself. Like, we kind of all laughed at it a bit because you were like so bold to like never have done a meeting and like ask for your salary to be doubled. But now yeah. that I have three daughters, like, I really respect that you went in and advocated for yourself so much because like, you were one of the young females doing this job and it was important that you like spoke up for yourself. And I was like, well, yeah, I definitely wasn't afraid, but nobody else was really doing that. So like, I don't think yeah. that everyone else got those big raises, but I, they knew every six months I was going to ask like, okay, where am I with my goals? Like, what else do I need to do? Tell me what I need. So yeah, they were uncomfortable conversation. <laughs> uncomfortable. They should have been more uncomfortable for me than they were. I was just like, give me more money, give me more money. But you just like, as you don't know what they're, what they have to, for, to paying for compensation. You don't know if there's someone else going in and having these meetings and asking for more. And they're like, oh, well, you know, Cameron has an ass. So she's probably good where she is. Like, we'll just give her like a little bump. And this person over here is hounding us every six months. So you just don't know. I don't, yeah. I have never heard of anybody having an adult conversation about like, how do I do more for the company, bring in more business, getting fired for asking for a raise. I've just never heard of it. Right. Yeah. No, that I, I appreciate those stories for sure, because they are the reason that I even bother trying, even though my hands are probably shaking the whole time, <laughs> but yeah, you got to try. Yeah, you got to try. Because my, my sister, Natasha, said to me one time, like, you can't just go in there and do that. And I was like, yeah, but there's like, as long as you're respect, you can't go in and say to your boss, like, give me more money. Like, I, I have all these bills. Like, no, that's not that. Yes. If you did that all the time, yes, probably they would let you go. That's not you having bills or having an expensive apartment is not your boss's problem, right? Right. But going in and saying, I want to make sure I'm doing my job well. I want to be your top performer and I want to be compensated accordingly. Like, please help me get there and like, tell me what I need to do. Like, 
I don't think any boss or company is going to be like, oh man, this is problematic. Yeah. No, I definitely agree. And especially with this new company, sustainability is very much about not just like the earth, but also the people involved. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, it'll de- they'll definitely be receptive. Yeah. And then it, I think it shows also that you like in it for the long haul with them, right? Like, yeah. I want to grow. I want to be valuable to this company. I want to deliver good, you know, a good work product. I think it shows that you're interested in the company and the mission and what they're doing and not out, you know, you're building that you're giving an equal value exchange, right? They're paying you to do this and you want to improve that relationship and have open and honest dialogue about it, adult dialogue about it. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cause I had, I think somebody, I don't know if they were on the podcast or it was like outside of the podcast or like, I'm just going to go in and be like, I can't live on this salary. And I was like, no, 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 you can't be like, I got a very expensive apartment and a nice car and these are not livable wages to me. I was like, that's not like anything about what they're trying to do. You know, you thought about the business as like another human being, like what, what are they having to deliver? So, right. Yeah. Yeah. And it could be wrong. Maybe there is somebody out there who's listening who was like, I got fired for asking for a raise, but I haven't, I haven't heard about it yet. Yeah. I certainly haven't. So I I think that's probably where your biggest opportunity is. I think you're doing a great job with having, you know, as we talked about one paycheck a Mm -hmm. month or a month, because we're doing it month, um, you're getting like all of the basics covered. And then you have enough extra to tackle those student loans. I like the idea of separating them out and getting one done then the next. And then, you know, you should be able to probably get the 5,000 and the 4,000 done. I mean, probably in the next 12 months with the six, $600, right? And then the extra yeah. 3000 that gets you in a 12-month period, extra money, meaning like the extra two paychecks works out to be, we'll just say 3000 Like there's your 9000 mm-hmm. right there in 12 months and then that's done. Yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, and then you can keep applying it. And then let's say in 12 months, you are able to negotiate a raise and then that's an extra 500 a month that you can put towards the loan, there's 1100 and then it just starts to snowball. Yeah. Yeah. That's the hope. <laughs> and then I would say, once you do that, then from there, once they, the loans are reduced, you could then, cause your use, you could give half of it back to yourself in the budget and the other half could go back towards retirement or emergency fund. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely like to bulk up the emergency fund. I do have, you know, backups elsewhere, but it would be nice that <laughs> safety net, yeah, it's always good. And like once it's built up, it kind of just stays there, right? Like, right. Yeah. You're done with it. Um, do you have any other questions? Actually, I do have one about the retirement that I have from my previous job. Sure. I don't really know what to do with it. Um, if I should roll it over to my new one or just keep it where it is or anything else. So there's, there's like three options, like, that they give you a disclaimer. So if it was held with a firm and they like you call them up, they'll give you this disclaimer. So you can leave it where it is, as you said. You can mm-hmm. roll it into an IRA, which is an individual retirement account. I mm-hmm. guess there's really four. You can liquidate it, which I would never recommend ever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, <no. laughs> I, but technically you can, but nobody, you, nine out of 10, that's not a good idea. And then the other option is you could sometimes, not always, but you could ask to see if your current employer will let you combine them. Like you can roll it into your new employer. So you just have one retirement account. Yeah. There, okay. there is no right or wrong. So here's kind of the pro-con list. If you're mm-hmm. happy with the current retirement plan, like the investments that are available, like easy to access, use, 
maybe you combine it if you feel like the current plan has like only five investment options and the interface is wonky or not easy to access or whatever it is, then maybe you open an IRA instead because you can choose to have it at the provider of your choice, right? Mm-hmm. And not be beholden to what's only available at your employer. But there really is no right or wrong answer. I think okay. the most important is that you're just checking it at some point. Like you don't want to just, <laughs> some people like forget about it. And then years later, like my boyfriend was like, I think I might have a 401k from like when I worked in Florida when I was 22. And I was like, you have got to be kidding me. And he was like, no. I was like, when did two years into our relationship, I was like, you just remembered this. And he was like, how do I find out? And I was like, well, I guess we're going to have to go to like lost property for Florida and see if it exists. Cause you, how do you not remember if you have money in a 401k from 22? Oh my goodness. A little bit like <laughs> Natasha in my life. I was like, oh my God. So I just don't like people to forget about them. Yeah. Oh no, I I won't forget. I check okay. it often. Right. I was like, I could never have had money somewhere no. and then forget. Like I definitely not. No, we're all of my my mom called me the other day and was like, Do you know you have money in our safe? And I was like, Of course I know. <laughs> in my spreadsheet. You don't think it's I money. it's yeah. money. I don't forget about it. Um, yeah. so I always like, so for people who are a little, you know, not paying attention as much and like, then maybe combine it so that you don't have to, you only have one place to track and one beneficiary, one set of investments, but those are your options. Leave it, make it an IRA or combine it with your current, um, retirement. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know if there was one better option than the other, but, uh, yeah, I guess I'll just kind of see how it does and maybe decide later. Yeah. That's, so that's a great thing. You never, you don't, there's no rush in a decision. Sometimes you'll see with jobs, if it's under a certain dollar amount and you leave the company, it depends on the company. So if like, let's say we'll choose the number 5,000. If it's under 5,000 and you leave, they might say to you, you have to take your money. Like we're not going to keep it here. And that's more because the administration of it is expensive and they don't want to be paying for it for a former employee. Got it. But because you have um, 35,000 in it and they haven't sent you that Mastogram, you're probably fine. (laughs) It's generally when it's like a small dollar amount. So not the 5,000 is a small dollar amount, but let's say it's an expensive plan and they're, you know, they don't want to spend a thousand dollars per participant. When you've now left the company, they don't want to spend the thousand to keep your five. So they say, thanks for playing. Please take this with you. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Well, Cameron, is that all your questions? Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. For all of our lovely listeners, you can find our most up-to-date information on Instagram, Future Rich Podcast, and on our website, which is www.futurerichpodcast.com. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. 
How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR.